The NFL continues to not actually care about player safety, and they prove that in the new rule changes. That and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. You always get the latest episodes when they drop. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's Bucks Nation. Dot com joined by my Sun Devil co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can find his work over at BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And of course, you can follow all the action on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Thanks for making the Locked On Bucks podcast first view or your first listen every single day, including today and, of course, tomorrow, because I know you're going to be back. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Today on this episode, we're discussing the fact that it turns out Baker Mayfield actually had options and chose to come to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're looking at four NFL draft prospects that are boom or bust in this year's class, and we're only confirming what we all knew all along, and that is that the National Football League does not care about player safety unless you're a quarterback and they don't even want a fingerprint on your helmet. So if your children are playing football, ladies and gentlemen, make them play quarterback because among rule changes from the national football league starting this year is that NFL teams, all of them, all 32 NFL teams are eligible to play not one, but two Thursday night football games during the regular season. Now, James, the rule, as it stated before these rule changes came through is that every NFL team would and will play one Thursday night football game, but they get their bye week following that Thursday night football game. So you get, or well, the the best attempt to get a bye week after the Thursday night football game, right? So you get the Thursday night football game. You have some some time, and even if you don't have the bye week the following week, you get a pseudo bye. That's what we keep calling it, right? Because you get like ten days off before your next game. So the idea is, okay, we're going to we're going to run you through the ringer a little bit, but we're going to give you some time off afterwards. And if you come out of it healthy, then typically on the other end, you say, you know what? Okay, it might be worth it now that we're healthy. But too many times, and I always go back to Richard Sherman when he was at the Seattle Seahawks and he went into a Thursday night game saying, I felt that my Achilles was close to rupturing. And then what happened in the, in the Thursday night game His Achilles ruptured. And the thing about it is it's not revisionist history because he mentioned before the game that he didn't feel 100% and almost felt like he could get injured in this game because he doesn't have time to recover. And then, boom, he's out for the rest of the year with an injury. Like, not only are they not doing anything, they're not giving teams a second bye week. They're just they're literally just saying, we're going to put you through another Thursday night football game. Potentially, not every team probably will, but the possibility is there. Yeah, and you don't even have to go back so far as Richard Sherman. Go back to Tua. Tungavailoa against the Cincinnati Bengals this past year. He gets rocked on Sunday, gets trotted back out on the field on a Thursday, and then he ends up missing multiple weeks. 
because he wasn't right to begin with. Then he gets hit again by, I think it was Geno Atkins. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, it was a clean play, but you know, he probably already had a concussion that made things that much worse. And the, the simple fact of the matter is if the NFL actually gave a crap about these players and about player safety, and they weren't just using it as a talking point to try to make themselves sound good, there would be no Thursday night football because these guys go through so much on game days that then they have to turn around. They get no rest. They're right back to practice the next day. Most of these teams just do a walkthrough practice all week long because they're so beat up and they have to go out there and play on Thursday night football. But what matters to the NFL money and that massive deal that they have with Amazon now where they have to keep trotting these teams out on Thursday nights, which is generally a pretty terrible product because these guys are not anywhere close to 100%. It's probably the worst physically that they are all year long and giving them an extra bye week or the you know the pseudo bye you know if they give them an actual bye after that that doesn't help. They need it before a Thursday night game. If you're going to have teams play on Thursday night, it needs to be coming off of a bye week. But of course, you can't let every team do that because there aren't enough bye weeks in the season. It, it, it's just an absolute mess. So the fact that they're potentially adding an additional Thursday night football game to some of these teams is asinine. And it all boils down to the fact that the safety of our players don't matter because yeah. there's a line of guys willing to sacrifice their bodies and their futures to come in and play this game. So we'll just replace you. Someone else is always willing to take your spot if you don't want to play on Thursday because all that matters is the almighty dollar. It's a joke. Yeah, I mean, look, there's 300-plus players coming in through the NFL drafts, you know, and undrafted free agency every single year, and that's not gonna, they're not going to stop filtering in, right? So the NFL knows that they have a never-ending supply of product. And, and that's what, and you know, the thumbnail says expend the expendables, right? Because that, I mean, that's literally how they're looking at these players, not as human beings with a future and who need to protect their future. But like the only thing the National Football League could possibly do to really kind of soften this is kind of what you just said, guarantee that if you get a second Thursday night game, because I do want to make that, that point very clear. It's not saying that every team will have a second Thursday night game, but that right. they could have a second Thursday night game. And so what, what I, they need to do is if you get that second Thursday night game, you will have a bye before the second Thursday night football game of your season. I think that should be kind of added in there if it's if it's not already being added in there. But we already know that teams on overseas trips are guaranteed a buy coming out of that week. So if you have a team with an overseas trip and you put that stipulation in that you'll get a buy before, then basically you're looking at overseas bye week Thursday night football. Uh, it's a lot of craziness. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, like they need to do something. But honestly, I'm going to I'm going to make this point. And and I don't want to detract from the discussiveness of the National Football League, but remember when Tom Brady criticized the players as a group because of the new collective bargaining agreement and said, "Oh, congratulations, you get to smoke a little bit more weed, but look how less how little money we have in retirement funds. Look how little money we have in health insurance." Right? The fact that this is happening and the NFLPA has it's completely powerless to stop this, mm -hmm. completely. But like, there has not been listen. I mean, the, the NFLPA has been very active over the last six to eight months, right? They they created their own all pro list. 
they put out all kinds of articles talking about taking control of their own people and, and establishing their own community of players. Zero. I looked at the NFLPA website before we recorded this episode. Nothing. Not a statement. Not an article. Nothing. Your your constituents, your union just got told you are going to possibly play two Thursday night football games. The worst product of your long-term health. And the NFLPA is completely handcuffed. Can't do a thing about it. Congratulations on your NFLPA All-Pro list. Congrats. You have no real power. That's what Tom Brady's point was. And until the players, and, and, and again, I'm not mad at the players, but until the players realize they need to do something to grab some some real power, right? We talk about guaranteed contracts, and those are important, but we're talking about real power, this kind of thing. Because you know what this is building up to, James? I don't know if everybody sees the writing on the wall here. You're building up to doubleheader Thursday nighters. That's what this is building towards. Is you're going to eventually have double head, double header Thursday night games starting at 6 p.m. probably on the East Coast. You're going to have two games on Thursday nights. Both of them are going to be streamed, forcing you to buy an Amazon Prime, whatever, you know, subscription, which hopefully you're like us and you can write that off as a business expense. But if you're not, you're just going to write, you're just going to pay for it, and that's going to be it. But that's I mean, that's what this is headed for. Is if this doesn't completely ruin football three years from now, doubleheader Thursday nighters, probably one on Amazon and one on Hulu Live. You got to buy them both. That's what this is going to come to. Well, and, and not only that, but this could be leading towards the next CBA negotiations. We're going to look at a full blown strike. We are going to end up missing an entire NFL season because now I think the players are starting to realize what Tom Brady said was accurate. Yeah. And that, yeah, you you got a little bit on your end, but who won this this negotiation? It sure as heck yeah. wasn't the players, because yeah. now you know all the power lies in the hands of the owners, and and they get to make these ridiculous rules that they also get to profit off of. Because if they're hosting a Thursday night football game, guess what? All the eyes are on them. They're getting that ad revenue. That yeah, it's. But hey, thank goodness that uh, the players can start wearing the number zero because yeah, receivers can wear single digits, right? Yeah, that's Look, important. We've got through one rule change here. There's a lot of other rule changes. We've got some other ones that we want to talk about. We're going to have to save them for our next episode. So we will come back tomorrow and talk about more rule changes. Some of them not as infuriating as, as this one. But coming up next, we're going to talk about four new players that are about to enter in the National Football League that maybe can be part of the generation that finally changes some of these things. And we're going to do that here on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. And we're going to do so thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. Today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. New customers, you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just in time to get some skin in the game in the final stages of the NCAA basketball tournaments. Just download the FanDuel sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from money lines to points scored, three drains, and you can put money on who you think is going to be cutting down those nets. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for chances at bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So don't miss your chance at that. Don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Thanks for making the Locked On Bucks podcast first listener, your first view of the day. On to some some less anger anger inciting uh, topics, James. Uh, four players, 
Uh, four players uh, identified by Pro Football Focus's Michael Renner. Uh, he actually did an f- entire list, every position group. Uh, he did a list of the biggest boom or bust NFL draft prospect from that position. So like quarterback, Will Levis was his biggest boom or bust prospect uh, from that class. What we're going to do here is we're going to go through some, some, some positions of need for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we're going to talk about the player that Renner identified as that position group's biggest boom or bust prospect. James, we're going to talk about the player. We're going to tell you what Mike Renner said, and then we're going to also uh, give the draft area that this player possibly is going to get drafted in, and then we're going to identify, are we willing to take that player at that at that spot in the NFL draft because of these boomer bust traits? Makes sense? So let's dive into it. The first position group we're looking at is safety. Antoine Winfield Jr. right now. Uh, co-starting safety is Nolan Turner, who no uh, shade to to Mr. Tur- Mr. Turner is uh, not... Not not gonna not gonna cut it right. So not even a little, not even a little. The biggest boom or bust prospect from the safety group, according to Renner, is Texas A and M safety Antonio Johnson Jr. And James, he is projected right now to be drafted in the second round, so early part of day two of the NFL draft. Renner writes, "Quote: Johnson is listed as a safety, but in actuality, he was almost exclusively a slot in college. In three seasons with the Aggies, Johnson played all of two games as a traditional safety." It's just worrisome how he'll fare if asked to play a more versatile role when most of his high-end plays are around the line of scrimmage, end quote. Now, the good news there about Johnson, according to Renner, is the Buccaneers also need a slot defender, right? You could use a slot defender, sure. You could use that safety uh, to play alongside Antoine Winfield Jr., and if this safety just so happens to need to play closer to the line of scrimmage, you can do that too. That's kind of the role that Jordan Whitehead and Mike Edwards filled over the last three years. So, some of that fits what the Buccaneers might need. Some of it certainly sounds a little bit concerning because you don't have the versatility and range that we know Todd Bowles likes to have in the secondary. Second round, early part of day one, James Yarko, are you willing to take a risk on Antonio Johnson Jr.? I'm not. Uh, and it's strictly based on the fact that there's going to be quite a few safeties that are going to be available in round two, right? And, and everybody knows that I'm going to talk about Sidney Brown. It's not that Sidney Brown doesn't have his shortcomings, but he is better suited for a Todd Bowles style defense than Antonio Johnson Jr. is. So why would you take that risk when you have other safeties to choose from that are going to fit what your team does better? So it's not a matter of me thinking that that Johnson is going to fail. It's just a matter of, you know, he's, he's boom or bust in the terms of his versatility. And Todd Bowles has to have versatility out of his safeties in that scheme. So he's just not a scheme fit for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So why would you waste a pick taking him? Yeah, yeah. certainly makes sense. You know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of safeties and honestly, a lot of these safeties we've talked about here on the program, um, they're, they're big nickels or they're box safety types. So the good news is if you're a team that needs kind of that guy, you can take plenty of them and don't pigeonhole yourself into taking a singular box safety type guy early part of day two when you can find one really throughout the draft, like you said. Yeah, well, and now we're going to move on to uh, offensive tackle where uh, Michael Renner names Maryland tackle Jalen Duncan as the biggest boomer bust player at the position. Now, his draft range is in the third round, so still day two. But Renner says, quote, Duncan looks like a high-end NFL tackle by the way he moves on a football field. The problem is he looks like an average college tackle once he has to actually engage blocks. 
He only earned a 61.6 overall grade this past season with 28 pressures allowed from 476 pass-blocking snaps. He falls off blocks way too easily on tape, and who knows if that will ever get fixed. So, somebody that we have seen mocked to the Buccaneers a couple of times as a potential option on day two to help shore up the offensive tackle position. David, are you taking the chance on uh, on Jalen Duncan in the third round? Just from what we're hearing in this, no, I'm not. The, here's the thing about playing in the trenches. They're called the trenches for a reason, and it's because they're nasty, it's because they're brutal, and it's because they're overly physical. Like, you may not be running at a guy full speed every single snap, but you're literally hitting someone every single play of the game. There is not, if you play on the on the offensive or defensive line, there is not a single play where you're not hitting a dude. Now, sometimes defensive end, defense tackle, even maybe you drop off into coverage. Okay, but 88%, 94% of the time, you're hitting somebody. So if you don't just love hitting somebody, we got a problem. You know what I mean? And like Ryan Jensen, like I'd rather have a dude that's going to get me two or three 15-yard penalties a game than have a dude that's going to get me two or three sacks a game because of lack of effort and lack of desire to just manhandle someone. I don't remember where the original quote came from now uh, after all these years, but we've heard it time and time again, right? The best thing about being an offensive lineman is taking a full-grown man and taking him from one spot and putting him in a different spot against his will. If Jalen Duncan does not have the desire to make a, another grown man, millionaire football player, go from spot A to spot B without wanting to, I don't want him on my team, especially as a third-round pick um, where I know I'm automatically going to have to develop him because we're talking about the desire to be coached, the desire to be better, and then once I get you on the field after that, the desire to do it rep in, rep out. If I have real questions about his desire to play this game, I'm not going to spend a third-round pick on him. Yeah, well, and the biggest concerning thing for me is, is he's allowed 28 pressures. And look, Maryland's in the Big Ten. He was going up against Michigan. He was going up against Ohio State. He was going up against Penn, Penn State. He was going up against Wisconsin. So you can see he's facing NFL-caliber talent, right? But he's also going up against, like, Charlotte and yep. SMU and Northwestern and Rutgers. Uh, not exactly you know, marquee programs there. And if he's not able to beat out those guys who are not going to make uh, NFL rosters, what's going to happen when he has to go up against the Cam Jordans or the, yeah. uh, you know, the elite level pass rushers that we see in the NFL? It's just, it's going to be real bad. I would not take a shot on him. Yeah, absolutely. So the next player we're going to talk to is another Jalen also plays on the line, in the trenches, uber important. And this guy, James, has had a lot of press lately. And we are talking about Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter, which, to be quite honest with you, uh, a month ago, I probably have been like, we're going to skip over this name because there's no point in even talking about it. But you know what? In today's world, the more and more this gets bad for Jalen Carter, the more and more it's possible. I, I don't think we're in likely territory yet, but it's possible the Buccaneers could actually have a reach on this guy. Renner writes, quote, on the field, he's the top-ranked non-quarterback on PFS draft board. Off the field, he's had a nightmarish few months. He pleaded no contest to misdemeanor charges stemming from his role in an alleged street race accident that resulted in the death of his Georgia teammate, Devin Willock, Willock and Georgia recruiting analyst Chandler LaCroix. Months prior, he was cited for driving 90 miles per hour 
in a 45 mile per hour zone. Then at his pro day, Carter showed up nine pounds heavier than at the combine and couldn't even finish the positional drills. The red flags are starting to pile up. James Jarko, two partner on this one. Do you first, let's say he, he makes to with a reasonable range of trading up. Cause I'll tell you right now, two months ago, three months ago, if you had told me we could have Jalen Carter lining up next to Vita Vea on the Buccaneers defensive line, I'd have told you to sign me up for every subscription possible to make that happen. I will watch two Thursday night football games on Amazon prime. If I have to, to make that happen now, would you trade up? Let's say 15. Would you trade up if Jalen Carter is sitting on the board at number 15? Actually, let's say number 16, Washington Commanders, because I want the Washington Commanders to trade back anyway, and they don't need Jalen Carter regardless. Number 16, Jalen Carter's on the board. Do you call the Washington Commanders for a trade up? No. Do no. you pull the trigger on Jalen Carter at 19 if he's there? And that's, I don't even know where you, if we're in that territory yet, but if he's there, do you take him at 19? I go back to the. 1995 draft and a, a guy with some questionable off-field issues that kept dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping and the Buccaneers took him and he turned out to be one of the major pieces of the first Super Bowl he's in the Hall of Fame his name's Warren Sapp I'm not saying Jalen Carter is going to be Warren Sapp if he falls to 19 I'm strongly considering it and the only reason I'm strongly considering it is because of the locker room that he would be joining. Now, no, Tom Brady is not still there. However, the remnants of Tom Brady are not to mention the already established leaders that were in the locker room before Tom Brady joined. You have guys like Mike Evans, like Levante David, like Vita Vea, like Ryan Jensen that could, you would hope, could straighten this guy out and help him reach his potential and keep himself out of trouble. The other risk is, you know, you give a guy who already shows questionable off-field decision-making more money, more freedom, more access. Uh, it could spell even more trouble. So it, it's a yeah. fine line. I would say that the Buccaneers are a strong enough locker room to take the shot on it, but I also wouldn't blame them for passing. Yeah, it's it's a hard one, man. I mean, it's it's a tough situation because guys can change. Guys can learn. Uh, he's going to tell everybody that he's learning. But honestly, after what happened at the combine, you know what I mean? All that embarrassment, all that public attention. And then you come into your pro day overweight and you can't you're not in condition. You're not conditioned enough to finish your own drills. That to me, like the, the you know, the driving, all that stuff is, is obviously important. But to me, that is the most important thing or that's not the most important. That's the most detrimental thing. You know, all the eyes are on you. You know, everybody's waiting to see how you're performing now with all the stuff that's going on around you. And that's what you show up as like, to me, that does not speak well for your future uh, as an NFL player, because that's the hardest. That's one of the hardest things that these NFL guys go through is learning how to be a pro when you don't have your college nutritionists and coaches and trainers around you 24 hours a day telling you what to do. Yeah, well, somebody else that has a new shot at an NFL future is, of course, new Buccaneers quarterback Baker Mayfield. We are going to talk about the decision that he made coming up next here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, and Baker Mayfield turned down another team 
in order to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this comes according to Joe Bucks fan. The Baltimore Ravens reached out to Baker Mayfield to come in and sign with them during the open negotiating window, which is allegedly, allegedly, after Lamar Jackson had given his trade request to the franchise. So they knew. The Baltimore Ravens knew they were going to need a new starting quarterback in 2023. However, Mayfield opted for the Buccaneers. David, do you think that Baker made the right decision? And to be fair, to be fair, do you think he was aware of the fact that he would have a legitimate opportunity to start for the Ravens? Um, no, to the, to the second part, like, I don't know. I just can't imagine the Baltimore Ravens calling Baker Mayfield's agent and being like, hey, Lamar's not going to be here next year. <laughs> bring, let's bring in Baker Mayfield. Like, that's that's just that's super risky. I don't know. I mean, agents, you know, you don't want to leak information either. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, did so I'm going to focus on this part. Did Baker Mayfield make the right decision? I think he absolutely made the right decision because uh tampa you know in some lights you could say that maybe he didn't make the right decision because you're following up on tom brady and who wants to follow up on tom brady but right. i think really the way that i think we're going to approach this next season with baker mayfield kyle trask you know whoever wins this this battle baker mayfield um is you're not replacing tom brady you're just the next quarterback after tom brady right and baker already said that in his introductory press conference he's not here to be Tom Brady. He's not here to try to replicate what, what Brady did. And Todd Bowles has talked about that too, is that you don't really replace a Tom Brady. You just end the time you had with Tom Brady. And then now we have the time after that. Like that's, you know what I mean? That's just the only way to do it. Every year you talk about having a new team, but this team more than any ever, you know, before the new England Patriots kind of did it. Like you have Tom Brady Patriots and then you have after Tom Brady Patriots. And so far it's not going very well. Right? So hopefully the Buccaneers have better luck. But if you're Baker Mayfield looking at this, um, you got no state taxes, which I used to really not talk about very much, but I've come to learn that that actually has an impact. Um, you have mm. better weather, much better weather. Um, and you have a better opportunity to start because let's be honest here. If the, if the Baltimore Ravens lose Lamar Jackson, they're getting two first round picks for him, right? If, if they let him sign somewhere else, they're getting two first round picks. If they sign and trade him, they're not going to do it for less than two first round picks. Like they're, they're going to get two first round picks. So if the Baltimore Ravens really want to, they have, they will have the ammo to move up and go get Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. You know what I mean. Hendon Hooker is now getting first round talk uh, again if they really want to. So you might, if you're Baker Mayfield, find yourself in a situation unless you get them to promise you that they're not going to do that, which they're never going to promise you that they're not. They're at least they're not going to put it in your contract. They might tell you, but they're not putting it in your contract because they're not going to be tied to that. So no matter what, you're really kind of in that situation with the Buccaneers. You're really looking at a team that doesn't have the ability to essentially go after a first-round quarterback from a draft capital standpoint and a need standpoint, and then you look at the rest of the league. And, um, I mean, Russell Gage, James, might be a number one receiver with the Baltimore Ravens. So when you look at the weapons that are on this team, outside of Mark Andrews, the, the Buccaneers have better weapons across the board uh, compared to Baltimore and a better track record, honestly, of bringing weapons in for the offense than Baltimore does. Uh, just look at what they've given Lamar Jackson over his career. But they just signed Nelson Aguilar. Doesn't that solve right after they traded Marquise uh, uh, Hollywood Brown? I had to say his nickname to get his last name. I couldn't think of right. his last name without it. And they drafted uh, Rashad Bateman, who everybody thought was a first round pick. Right? They also drafted Buccaneers legend Rashad Perryman. So 
That was before Jackson. I mean, that was before Lamar. But yeah, I mean, yeah. but again, yeah. but you look at the track record of bringing in you know weapons like outside of Mark Andrews, like J.K. Dobbins really was the only one. But injuries have completely derailed all the momentum he had. Well, uh, again, this is coming from Joe Bucks fan quote. Regarding Mayfield, we were told by a non-Bucks team executive that Tampa Bay absolutely knocked it out of the park with the Mayfield signing. The source was adamant that Mayfield at an inexpensive price for one year is a much better value and gamble than the Saints signing Derek Carr to a monstrous three-year contract. End quote. David. Who won the NFC South quarterback signing battle, Tampa or the New Orleans Saints? I mean, that's going to be all in the results, but I will I will agree with that non-Bucks team executive that signing Derek Carr to a, a massive three-year deal is, a, is obviously a much bigger gamble than signing Baker to a one-year deal because if Baker comes, this isn't a situation where Baker comes in, balls out for one season. He's like, oh, well, Bucks, you should have signed me for three years when you had the chance. See ya. No, like. This is like he's had non-supported teams. He had a, a, a lot of recent non-success and he's moved a lot. He's probably kind of sick of it. Like he'd probably like to start filming commercials in his home stadium again, but he doesn't have a home stadium long enough to set up a director. Um, so if he balls out with Dave Canales and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Buccaneers are obviously going to have a reason to want to keep him, And he would then obviously have a reason to want to stay. I'm not saying it would work out. You know what I mean? But. Also, let's not let's not forget that if he if he does really, really well, I mean, we're talking like second, third round of the playoffs. Well, uh, they always have the franchise tag. And we've seen um, because this team started with negative seventy hundred million in salary cap and got above the salary cap with really minimal damage um, to the existing contracts that, you know, this this thing can be done. So um, Mayfield would be wise to want to stay if he does well. And then you're investing probably a fairly large contract into a guy that you've now seen will work with you. We've seen what Derek Carr could do with the Raiders. That doesn't mean he's going to do anything with the Saints. And even if he does just as well with the Raiders, that doesn't put the Saints in the Super Bowl window either. Yeah, I, I had this conversation with Evan Klosky a couple of weeks ago that you take a look at the amount of money that Derek Carr got, the amount of money that Daniel Jones got, the amount, of, even the amount of money that Andy Dalton is getting in Carolina to be a backup there or the the money that Jameis Winston is getting the Buccaneers end up you know flirting with or contending for a wild card spot Tampa absolutely wins the best quarterback signing of free agency because of how low the cost is and again as you pointed out this could just be a bridge Baker Mayfield could be the bridge guy to get you to your franchise quarterback in the draft next year maybe you know, if Lamar gets traded, he's only on a one-year deal and, and you have a shot at him or you have a shot at another free agent quarterback coming up, or you just say, you know what? Baker did what he did for the Browns in 2019 and 2020, and we're going to keep him around a few more years because it worked real well with us here. So obviously it has to play out on the field, but, um, you know, obviously other team executives took note that the Buccaneers did a great job in signing Baker and for what they signed him for. And Baker ultimately chose the Buccaneers. With that, we are going to get out of here. We want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. 
Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We will be back Friday with more rule change reactions again. Not any that are going to make us as upset as the Thursday Night Football one. We're going to talk about some fun ones, actually. And, of course, we will keep you up to date on the latest around the world of Buccaneers football. If you want to join in on the conversation, of course, you can join us live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe so you can be part of the live chat. And, of course, you can send us your questions, your thoughts, your topics your concerns, your hopes, dreams, and fears to the email address LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or slide in the DMs on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. Check out all of David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com and follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.